understand what biblical hospitality is, what are some practical ways we can be missional with our hospitality? Well, today on the Emmaus Institute for Disciple Making podcast, Lisa Blanco concludes her series titled Missional Hospitality by answering that question. Thanks. Well, this is humbling. Um, I feel like I have a lot to learn from several different of each of you here. So I appreciate you listening and coming. Um, this is fun for us, and I feel like we're learning with you and just discovering new ways that God is showing us how to come out of a little bit of our, uh, for our family, kind of selfish desires to more outward focus. So I actually am going to pray before I start and just ask the Lord to help me. I am a more of a writer than I am a speaker. So, <laughs> so okay, I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you that um, we've come together to talk about something that can be sacrificial and hard, and we just pray that we would be motivated, motivated by the work of your Son, who um, may, prepared a home for us, and we pray that we could be a picture of that towards the lost. And so would you just help us to consider some real ways and practical ways to do this in our own homes, with our spouses, with our families, and with our children. And may we just consider others above ourselves. And it's your name that we pray. Amen. Well, I think Ernie's just done a really good job at painting a, or not less painting, but like creating a foundation of biblical foundation for you guys for hospitality and it's really helpful for me to just bring in just the practical parts um, and hopefully the practical things that I say will sort of echo what Ernie has already said because you know together we just really feel like without the biblical underlining of this kind of stuff it can really look a lot like cultural hospitality so I think Rosaria, uh, reading through Rosaria, listening to my husband and kind of studying God's word, I've, I've kind of tried to summarize in my own mind, like one summary of hospitality and a verse that comes to mind of how I want to create like an atmosphere in my own home for my kids and for people who come. Um, and a verse that, that I kind of hope echoes throughout my home uh, with hospitality is Psalm 85, 6. And it says, For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. And this is hopefully when we're doing like the practical outworking of hospitality is like a picture of what people will see. So the summary of, of hospitality to me is to welcome people um, in a way that they see a picture of a Savior who makes preparations for us as we make preparations for them in our home. So with those two things in mind, I, I want to talk about um, three things. I want to talk about being perceptive of the needs of people that God has placed around you. And um, two, the practical prep for hospitality and redemptive conversation. Three, the building of hospitality in your schedules and routine. Um, and before going through that, I feel like the church has had a long history of kind of seeing, at, at least that's how, this is how we've kind of seen it in the last year, the church has had a little bit of a long history of seeing hospitality as more of a spiritual gift. Because within hospitality, we have encouragers, we have people who are good with their time, people who have wisdom, and those kind of things fall under what can happen under hospitality, I think. 
But I do think the hub, the, the umbrella of hospitality belongs to every believer. And it can be hard for us to see that and misunderstand the calling, I think, when there has been a long history maybe of misunderstanding. So for us to remember hospitality is a spiritual, with a bunch of spiritual gifts within it, is, a, is like a calling that belongs to us to reach out to the lost and bring them, kind of as Rosaria says, the hands of the sinner into the Savior. So with all that in mind, um, the first thing I really want to talk about is being perceptive. And percept- we talk to our kids about being perceptive a lot. We use that word because it's a good word that uses a lot of things in one word. To be perceptive is to look around you, is to be aware of people, to be aware of what they're doing and of what you're doing and what you're talking and how they're talking. And um, so to be perceptive of people around you, you have neighbors or people that you run into, kind of like what I'm going to talk to talk about later, like at a, a fast food restaurant, like do we talk to them or do we keep this mo- moment for ourselves? Um, but neighbors are a really big one that God has called us to. Um, so for us, when we first came to Emmaus, there was a family that was like really perceptive to us right away. And it was Laura Sue and Adam Johnson. And we, we were brand new. We were like, <laughs> we were real fresh into Georgia. We had like no furniture yet. We had no tables and Ernie's sweet employer gave us a card table to eat on. So we were with five children for two weeks, weeks, no furniture, and uh, blow-up mattresses, and that was it. So that was really, it was a really interesting time for all of us. And um, I feel like Laura Sue saw that and was like, you know what? It doesn't matter how many members are in their family. Um, (laughs) We're going to invite them over to our daughter's birthday party. And they invited us in and asked us good questions, talked to us, made us feel really welcome. And so for us in that moment, we needed community, even though we didn't know anybody. And we needed people to ask us questions about us, and we needed to be able to talk to others. And just everybody in that, at that party was very kind to us. So it was this huge gift of encouragement to us as we were transitioning, not having family. Um, so. That was like God right right away showed us somebody who was willing to reach out with hospitable kindness to us. So using that, Ernie and I have kind of just discovered this this tool of casual conversation with our neighbors is a way to pick up on what their interests are, like what their preferences are, what their needs are, what what are they having a hard time with, and then taking that not in like making it casual conversation, but to, to actually use it to fuel for future um, hospitable opportunities. So, you know, so an example of this is like my neighbor. I, sh- she loves to be chatty, and I think I know the neighbor that Ernie's talking about, um, but she just loves to be really chatty. She loves to talk about um, all the committees that she's on and she loves to talk about the foods that she loves and the places that she's been. And so God has really opened my eyes to listen to her because later in my conversations with her, these are gonna to be tools to like be able to connect with her. And her and I, there's like a 30 year difference. So normally, you know, we wouldn't have any connections and we wouldn't have a lot in common, but for me to pay attention 
to hear from her and use what she's given to me as fuel for hospitality later is something that God has really opened my eyes to. Um, so a- another way of hospitality I feel like can come in forms of maybe maybe not neighbors but in opportunities that come that God um, like the spirit whispering to you of being perceptive of people around you. And we were, I, we've sort of shared this with some of you, but several weeks ago we were in Chick-fil-A and there was a family and I could tell that the mother was just a little bit overwhelmed and, and a little bit tired. And I thought to myself, like, this could be a moment where I let her be tired and I'm tired. And then, you know, mo- most of us just want to watch our kids play at Chick-fil-A. But I just felt like, I, I feel like she could use at least someone saying hello to her and just starting that conversation I found out they had just moved from the UK they had no family and it was similar to us but in a really bigger way I mean starting over in a new country is really overwhelming so it got to, we were able to have this opportunity to invite her over to give her our number to offer her, like our help to her if she needed it and it opened up in her like this sense of like there's this hope offered to me when I'm really having a hard time with transition and you know we um, I'm gonna go in a little bit here on how them coming over went but um, it opened up and I this idea to her that somebody extending kindness to me in the midst of that was what she really needed and I was just really grateful that the spirit like really really urged me to do that um, So that's like being perceptive, um, I think, of being aware of people around you. And kind of like what Ernie was saying, like, when does your neighbor go to the mailbox? When does your neighbor um, walk their dog? Can you walk their dog with them? Are you, like, paying attention to their preferences? Uh, That's something that we're, like, super new to in this last year and have really found it to be really neat. And I think people initially think, like, are you getting into my business or do you like care? So it's sort of, it can be a little dance of like, I think you actually are caring for me, but I can't really tell. So, but overall, like um, God has shown us some really cool things through it. Um, so um, the second thing I, I really love to kind of jump, jump into is the practical preparations and kind of talking about redeeming conversation with people. Um, a major barrier I think is not having a whole lot available like if you're outside with your neighbor and you have met them at the mailbox and you're talking with them and you think like this is the time to invite them in but like I have nothing to give them so what do I do now like do I invite them in while I make something or and I think I think reading Rosaria's book and like having conversations over however long Ernie and I have kind of been through this journey I've got to show me like that it's it's helpful to have some things on hand even as you're listening and being perceptive to people and their like um, preferences of having things on hand from the store, not just for your family's like wants and desires, but considering other people as you're in the grocery store. And um, so this is like a little bit on the heavy practical side, but um, I've kind of transitioned to buying like both decaf and caffeinated. Um, my neighbor, I've discovered she drinks half-calf because she has a little bit of a heart trouble and she just tries to like go a little bit less on the caffeine and so I try to make that available to her. Um, and I also have like a little box that's literally just for if somebody 
stops by or I see them outside and I really want them to come in. I just pull from the box and there's like small treats inside for me to share with somebody. Um, <clears throat> so um, having these things that are available that aren't expensive and having its own basket makes it easier. So the same idea come, goes for having when kids are over. We've We've made some neighborhood friends, and this come, this also goes with church kid friends. We offer it. Our kids just have this. Our kids have an avenue of knowing how to be hospitable to their friends, and so they'll have a box and they'll pull it out and they'll all get to share it together. And it's exciting for them too because they don't get to eat those things unless people come over. So <laughs> we'll buy the least expensive things at well, not the least expensive, but just try to look for. How, how do we make this work in our budget to also think of our friends' kids and um, have a box ready for them? And they, the kids, you can tell they feel valued and, and welcome in the same way adults do. And I think that's different and um, that maybe they don't always experience that. Um, so when my friend came um, from Chick-fil-A, it was a, just a good experience of trying to like practice a ton of stuff that I've been learning. And so she came at about my kid's nap time, which is like always a challenge for me. Like I really want that time for me, but that was when she could come. So I just decided, okay, Lord, we're gonna do it. And um, then, you know, her staying and lingering and having, we're having some good conversation and it's getting closer to dinner time. And I just thought, okay, here's, here's a moment for me not to just wait for her to be like, I got to get home to my kids, I got or to fix lunch for my, or dinner for my husband and my family, and for me to just say, you know what, I hope you'll stay with us because I have some things on hand to prepare for us that it won't take me long and we can talk while I do it. And that went really well. It's, for her, it was welcoming to, for me to say, I hope you stay instead of, do you want to stay? Or like, do you, what are you going to do this afternoon? Um, so it gives her like an open invitation to kind of move into like, sure, we'll stay. Um, so for me, having an extra bag of frozen chicken in the freezer helped me a lot. And like having a pressure cooker just to like throw it all in and keep talking with somebody was, was really good. Um, <clears throat> and then a second part of our, um, practical stuff is kind of like conversation with people. I think it's hard when you come to like a rut with people, you're like, oh, what do we, so what do we talk about? We finally have them in, we have, it's exciting to have these people over. So what are, what are we gonna talk about? And Ernie's done a really good job with this with our family. Like if, if he knows that someone's coming, um, he'll say, what can we talk about? What are some good questions? What do we already know about them? So we'll talk about those things and then he has the courage to just get in there and ask them some some good questions um, and I think the big idea is to uh, go places that will avoid superficial conversation and not be afraid of sharing your own answers so Ernie a good one that he likes to ask is like if it's a couple like to saying like since you've been together how have you changed as people um, since being together and then just being ready to share how have we changed together, you know, in our 11 years of marriage. Uh, and I think involving their kids is really good and asking their kids questions if they've brought kids. And we like to involve our own kids. Ernie usually has a question that our kids, if they are brave for the day, ask them small things like how was your day at work and just giving them opportunities to practice those things. Um, so I think, you know, lastly, I just kind of want to discuss a little bit about hospitality and your routine. And this looks different for everybody. So there is no, 
I, th I think especially Rosaria makes it, at least I felt, I felt like she made it clear, like, you don't have to do this the way I do it. <laughs> Certainly not the way Rosaria does it, um, because she's got a big load. And we not, not all of us can do that. But, um, but I think a, like a good thing to ask ourselves is where has God already created open doors in our life so that the doors can be open to our neighbors? And are we allowing those doors to stay open and not fill them up or essentially close them, but filling up that time? You know, and for us, it's like being really careful with um, that afternoon time. Like, am I keeping that for myself or am I loosely holding on to it, knowing that it could belong to me preparing stuff or resting or preparing whatever it is for the kids that day? Or am I okay with my neighbor ringing the doorbell or that phone call? A lot of it can be phone calls. You can ignore the phone call um, or allowing people to speak to you. Um, from their heart as they call you that afternoon. Um, so I think, yeah, so my, my struggles have been my kids' snack time, quiet time in the afternoon or just before bed. And God has really pushed me, I think, just to consider do those times belong to you or do they belong to the Lord? And I, I also think the big idea of hospitality in our routine is time belongs to God all time. And he's going to use a lot of it for kingdom building. And I think it's easy for us to forget that. Um, you know, he's going to be doing kingdom building until he comes back. And so that's what we're a part of. Um, and I've kept my, so we have snack at about 10 every morning. And I've told my neighbor, made sure she knows like 10 o'clock is the time we have snack. You're welcome to come over. I will always have a pot of coffee still hot from the morning and you can share some with me and um, a lot of times it involves reminding her hey like are you available it's it's on the pot's on um, so yeah I think holding that time loosely and thinking um, where can I build in that time so um, I think that's all that I have well I, I kind of like the idea that y you don't you realize that your kids are going to be part of your life and so you choose to you have your kids join you with the hospitality choices that you're going to make instead of, I mean, for us, I think for a while, our barrier was, this is really hard because our kids for a long time were really small and like they were very demanding. And I think choosing to let our kids come with us and say like, kids, you can join too. And kind of like, these are really good ideas, like being involved in your community with your kids and choosing to like, kind of release that to the Lord of like, I don't know how this is going to go, but they're going to learn something al alongside of us and we're going to learn together. So that's sort of the, I think the transition that we've been making too is like, I think we can do this with them. And, you know, the kids have actually learned and they've said some pretty goofy things that we, you know, but we've also said some pretty neat things that maybe that we wouldn't see if we didn't get give them that opportunity. And, you know.